gosh, I would have to check. Oh, the UK. I think it went in you to the UK. I think those were really the only ones we were targeting. So you were actually targeting those ones. We were mm -hmm. to try to get it international. Yeah. When, when I can't remember which first time that we did that with one of my books, it ended up being in like Ireland and places we weren't intentionally targeting Germany. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had someone doing it for me. So that's why he had, he had, he sent me the thing that said, we're all at one international. Honestly, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention because you know, it didn't, we, we targeted specific ones. So I think it was in all those. Um, I should probably verify that to tell you for sure, but. I've never had anybody ask me, but I always take the screenshots, you know, and put them on my website and do all mm -hmm. that. So. Yeah. So cool. Who um, is your audience? Is your audience mostly entrepreneurs? Is it business owners? Is it, I, I want to make sure that because I can speak to yes. each, but I want to make sure <laughs> that I'm tar that I'm speaking to the right audience. So the audience for this podcast is, is kind of varied. It's the focus is on giving people a platform that are in the top 1% at what they do. My whole focus is on, okay. Conf building a self-confidence model mm -hmm. and teaching people, teens and adults, um, how to get, teach themselves how to have self-confidence okay. through whether it's uh, business, whether it's through adventures, it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, uh, cool. And I have okay. an extremely, extremely diverse people that come on from astronauts to Olympians to business coaches to, oh. I have- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no interest in just being in one little mm -hmm. niche for this simply because I want to prove to people that you can have confidence in anything. You can teach yourself confidence in anything. It's a learnable, teachable skill and mm -hmm. it can, and it permeates through any, any industry, any avenue of life. Um, that kind of thing. Perfect. Okay. I'm excited. So I'm just going to kind of, we'll take like three breaks through the course of the uh, of the interview. So Brad has time to do the voodoo that he do and add in <laughs> commercials. commercials and other things when they get on the station. Um, once it's edited, I'll give you the links to, to everything. It'll be up on Podbean, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify everywhere. YouTube. Sounds great. Yeah, it'll be on YouTube as well. Um, I don't know if you looked at the, the, uh, link that I sent you, but I put everybody's, I'm starting to compile everybody's interview. There's the in-studio interview, and then there's the mm -hmm. edited version that's up on SoundCloud. They're side by side, so people can pick which one they want to watch or okay. whether they just want to listen, that kind of thing. Perfect. Anyway, um, so we'll take a couple of breaks, and we'll start by just kind of recounting your journey with for, through business or however you want to take that and how you got mm -hmm. to where you are looking for defining moments uh anything that kind of led you to be a the business coach that you are now an author mm -hmm. uh business professional those kind of things and uh, i've got a whole bunch of different types of questions but we'll just kind of see how it flows and where it goes sure okay <laughs> boy he's a poet and didn't know it yeah, that's <laughs> right <laughs> He's just knocking it out of the park today. And I'll do the best I can to see my own notes since I'm wearing glasses the next few weeks till I get ready for eye surgery here. So, oh, wow. uh -oh. 
I should be good. So, and I don't know, are we already recording, Brad? Oh, yeah, we're ready to go anytime you are. Oh, okay. So you just, just give me the. I'm just clear. We like to say, give him the finger, you know, the, the point, but, <laughs> but uh, we got to, <laughs> we need new terminology. No, anyway. no, no. That's what makes it great. <laughs> so, Brad, whenever you're ready, just let me know. Go. Welcome to another edition of Operation Limitless. I'm Brett Lechtenberg. This is the show where you hear directly from people who are in the top 1% in the world at what they do. We focus on how average people ended up achieving incredible triumphs through confidence, grit, determination, and the quest for personal mastery. The goal is to take the commonalities of these incredible human beings and build a model by which others can replicate and create a limitless life. And we focus a lot on self-confidence, mastery, and flow. And today on the Resilience Network, I have the extreme honor to talk with business coach and best-selling author, Ann Carden. Welcome to the show today, Ann. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. That's, that's awesome. Ann is the author of Insider Secrets to Small Business, and she just released a, her recent book that became an Amazon International number one bestseller, uh, which is called Expert in You, which also has uh, her accompanying Mastermind and Business Accelerator program that uh, we're going to ask her to talk a little bit about today and the unique ways that she helps businesses. Uh, I'm really excited to talk with Ann she's, because she's worked in, correct me if I'm wrong, over 40 different business fields, right? Helping mm -hmm. yes. uh, many of these businesses achieve seven-figure success and beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, and create some some great processes. So, and again, thank you for being on the show, and we're we're glad to have you here and get your in, uh, special insight into what you do. Well, thank you so much. No, I'm uh, honored to be here. And yes, yeah, so I have worked in over forty different industries. Um, it last that was the last count. I haven't counted for a while. <laughs> um, but helping different people in business really have higher a higher level of success and to really do it in less time and with less energy and even cost so and that's awesome and we're going to dive into some of that because i think in this day and age with the the uh pandemic and the problems that it's caused in the economy with business uh people could use your expertise so so that's going to be outstanding Thank and kind of tell us uh, your journey. Recount, recount your journey. How did you end up as a business coach? What were you doing before <laughs> that? Give us the give us the inside scoop. Where were you born? You know how it uh, all began. <laughs> okay. Well, I was born in a small town in Missouri, uh, in the states, and I, you know, I grew up like any normal kid. But I decided after college, uh, a one year of college was just not my thing. I was actually going to go into education at the time and work with special needs kids. Mm -hmm. um, but college was just not my thing. So I went to school for retail management, for business management, and mm -hmm. loved that, excelled at that, and, and got a job working for a large, uh, very high-end chain department store in management. And I actually stayed in that career for 13 years, working as, uh, as a manager with multi-million dollar departments. Um, and I, we, you know, we moved to California when I got married. And so I did that for 13 years, but both of my kids were born in California and we were raising them there. And we wanted to be closer to family. We wanted to be able to raise the kids around family. So we moved back. 
And this is really important because when we moved back, my husband gave up a company vehicle, so we moved back with one vehicle. We bought a home in the country. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. My kids were little, and it wasn't very long. We realized we didn't have the money <laughs> to do that. <laughs> sure. I left behind my career. I left behind that corporate income. And we, you know, we're, we're in the small town. There's no opportunity really to work. The, if I were, if I was going to go back into retail, it was, you know, going to be a 45 minute to an hour drive to be able to do that. Plus it, the hours just weren't conducive to being a mom. Sure. Um, so we started struggling financially and I mean, it got so bad. I, you know, every, my husband was driving back and forth to the city and everything that he was making, we were putting food on the table and keeping that roof over our head. And we lived in a modest home. It wasn't like it was something beyond our means. So we, you know, we were struggling and my four-year-old, there was really a pivotal moment. My four-year-old son needed shoes. And I sat down and cried because we didn't have the money. Um, all, all the clothes and everything they were getting were hand-me-downs from from family, from their cousins. My husband is a hunter. Uh, people that aren't in the Midwest might gasp at that, but um, you know, he that was our that was our meat. We didn't have money to buy meat at the grocery store, but I was really determined that I, that's what I was supposed to be doing was raising my kids, being home and raising my kids. Um, and so, you know, we muddled through for as long as we could, but then we had that pivotal moment and I sat down and I just prayed about it. And, um, you know, I just asked for answers and I knew that I had knowledge and skills and things that I had developed through the years in business and in management. Uh, but you know, we didn't have the internet. I didn't have home. I didn't have a home computer at that time. This was over 30 years ago. So I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know, we didn't have everything at our fingertips. We didn't have the opportunity that we have now, but the craft business was exploding across the, really across the country at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was very creative. And so I thought, you know, I've got a box of stuff. I used to just kind of play around and, and kind of make things. And I've just always been very creative and it was always a good outlet for me. Maybe I can do something with this and turn it into some things I can sell at a little store in our town. So I did that. And after about two weeks of her putting my things in her store on consignment, nothing sold. So I finally did some market research and I went back and I said, tell me what is selling. And she said, these dolls, these, you know, soft cloth animal kind of dolls are, are so popular. At that time, it was like a rabbit doll. I know this all sounds super crazy, but no, I great. said, okay. I'm going to figure out how to make a darn rabbit doll. <laughs> so I went I and I kind of did a, yeah, I did a lot of research and I looked at what was popular out there and, and I went home and I re I did my own design and I created my own design. And a week later I borrowed my mom's sewing machine. I didn't even have money to go buy a sewing machine or buy it really buy anything. And so I actually cut up some things that I had at home to create this doll and took it in and i mean they sold fast they they were they were an instant hit and i started making some money and so then i reinvested so i have bootstrapped my entire business career i've bootstrapped awesome. everything yeah so so long story short that turned into i was making over six figures a year income 
uh, wait, wait, 30 wait, wait, years wait, ago. Wait, wait, wait. I, want, I want to back up on that point for a second. You're making six figures selling rabbit, homemade rabbit dolls. <laughs> So, so I, this is this is a really important point because it's mindset, right? You set out to do something, you got this worked out, and now here you are with no internet. I assume none of these ever got sold online. Everything was being sold locally, local markets, local stores. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, so so a couple things. After after I did the rabbit, I started creating. I ran across some Noah's Ark fabric. And I thought, wow, I could do a line of Noah's Ark dolls, you know, and that was really, that was the defining factor that had my business take off. But there was a magazine, it was an international magazine called Country Sampler at that time. And I, as I said, I bootstrapped. So I kept reinvesting back into my business and I would advertise in Country Sampler magazine and I would go do craft shows. So I would, again, bootstrap on the weekends, go, you know, take my stuff. Uh, I found local stores where I, so I ended up in stores all across the country. Um, but how, I, I, can I, like, can we stop there for a second? How did yes. you do that? Broad strokes, you don't, you know, mm -hmm. how did you do that? Because people right now are clamoring for different things and they, you know, yeah, they're going to go out and drive Uber or do mm -hmm. DoorDash or whatever. Here you are getting into stores before you know, internet or people to reach out to had no contacts. I mean, this is a great story. This is a great story. Well, so, so what, well, so once I made the decision that I, I wanted to go bigger, you, you know, I found out that there was a local store that was somewhat a chain. So they had opened up locations and you could buy a booth, you know, you could or buy a booth, you could rent a booth monthly and mm -hmm. you could fill it with all of your stuff. And it was, it was a consignment store. So you paid for the rent just like you would a brick and mortar mm -hmm. business. And then you were able to put in there whatever you wanted. And they took a percentage of everything that got sold, but they managed everything. They, you know, everything got tracked and, um, and so I started in one store that was about an hour away from where we lived. I started with the consignment store in our town and, and mm -hmm. sold there. Then I started with the other store that was about an hour away and then found out, you know, that they had multiple locations. They were in Colorado and I'm trying, I think I was in three stores in Colorado and I'm trying to remember, but everything could be done through them. Um, and I rented space in all of those different locations. So in a way I had storefronts um, everywhere. And then I also advertised in the magazine and that was actually how I went international, uh, with that business because I, I shipped all over the world. I remember the first day I got an order from Iceland. I was like, Oh my gosh, Iceland, <laughs> you know, this is amazing. But I would have people that would, my dolls were all signed. I had people that would wait for the next one to come out. And so I had a following yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't think about this very much unless I'm talking. I haven't really gone into this kind of depth on a podcast with that story, but I That's ended up hiring here, several we, moms. We need these kind of stories. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, I, so I was basically running a manufacturing company mm -hmm. <laughs> out of my home, to be honest. And I had women that were stay-at-home moms helping me and I pieced things out. So they were doing a lot of the piecework for me. I think I was employing seven, I think I employed about seven women or eight women at, at the highest at the peak. 
um, my dolls got selected to be on the cover of Country Sampler magazine. So that was a huge win, which boosted my business even more. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did that business for seven years and, um, you know, shipped all over the world and, and was making, like I said, was making a six figure income 30 years ago, which was just almost unheard of. It was life changing. It was absolutely life changing for us, but it was exhausting. I was still doing a lot of the work myself and it was a very mm -hmm. sedentary job. Um, so I put on 50 pounds in the process and that was how my second business got started. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So there was a, there was a turning point where now everything started becoming very imported. At one point I started designing patterns when I started seeing the market shift. And this is a really good lesson for people too. You cannot be so stuck in what you are doing to not be able to pivot and to be flexible to the market. So I was always very aware of what was going on in the marketplace. And I, I developed that skill and I, I'm not sure really where I developed that maybe through my retail or just having to figure it out on my own. But mm -hmm. I was always very aware of what was going on. What was the newest thing? How can I create my own version of that? Um, and then, you know, just looking for those opportunities to expand and grow. But then I saw the market shifting and there were a lot of imports coming in. A lot of things were being made in China and it got to the point where it was almost too expensive to make, to do what I was doing uh, mm -hmm. for ready-made products when they could, you know, import from China and from overseas. Uh, so I shifted to patterns and I started selling my patterns with a major pattern company. And so then my patterns were being featured in magazines and things like that. So that was another revenue stream as well. Uh, that was pretty passive. I didn't have to do all, you know, once I had the patterns done, I could ship them in bulk and they sold them. And so, sure. so I kind of learned about the whole passive revenue thing through that. Um, and, and so that was really, uh, that was kind of when I sold that business about seven years into it, I saw the market change so much. I was just ready to get out mm -hmm. and I, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was just really burned out. I was still doing a lot of the work myself, which is what I teach people to not do now. Um, but when I sold, I actually sold all the designs and all the patterns to a pattern company. Uh, so I was able to sell that business and in the process, actually before I sold that, I told you I'd gained 50 pounds and mm -hmm. I was really not, I was in a kind of a, tough place in my life, trying to figure out what's my next step. Uh, what do I have, you know, what do I need to do here? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel good about myself. I'm not physically, I'm not feeling good. And I kind of made the decision that again, through prayer, you know, the only thing you have control over, you can't control the market. You can't control these things, but you can control how you take care of yourself and what you do for yourself. And I started working out. I started exercising. I started eating right. Um, I'd never really had to do that. I'd always been small. I'd always been very athletic and in sports and all that kind of thing. So it was kind of a whole new thing for me, you know, to have this weight on. And um, But in the process of that whole journey, I fell in love with fitness and nutrition. And I thought, okay, here's my next thing. Um, at that time, gyms were not on every corner there. We didn't even have a gym in our town. I mean, somebody was starting to open one. There wasn't much available. 
And mm -hmm. I thought, I, okay, I, I'm not certified or anything like that, but I, I bought a training program online, actually not online, uh, through a magazine, I say online, but it was materials that came to my house and I got educated on nutrition and fitness and all of that. And then still I just no, started still getting- Still no internet? No, no, not at this okay. point. Mm -mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, with, that's what I said. It's just crazy to think about all this, you know, back then. But um, so I thought, you know, I, I can teach fitness classes. And to some of the moms, there's nothing around here. They probably would want, and again, a very small town. Mm -hmm. And I went to a back to school barbecue with a flyer that I created and went to the print shop and had it printed. Um, and I, I handed out that flyer and I said, I found a local community center. It was like a Knights of Columbus hall and they were going to let me do my classes there for $10 a day. So I could, you know, I wasn't going to do every day, but I, I could have the place for $10 a day. They had a big open space and I went to a back to school barbecue and handed out my flyers to the moms I knew and said, Hey, do you want to start taking fitness classes with me? And I, back then when, you know, I was charging 35 bucks a month, which to, for, you know, you don't always get that now in the fitness industry. But with that, I, so I had several people that said, and I ran senior classes and I ran kickbox classes and I, you know, I, I ran all these things. Um, and they were paying me $35 a month. And I looked for other ways for revenue streams because it was a small group of people. Mm -hmm. So I sold protein bars and I had, you know, sweatshirts made and, and I did a lot of things to create revenue, but I came up with a program that literally put that business on the map and changed the entire business. And from there I went on to build two health clubs, two weight loss centers, um, sold all of those down the road. And so I, I'll talk about those, but, um, yeah. that I came up with a program that I called body blast and it was a 30 day intensive program where these, I had at that time I had probably more women, but I had some men. They worked out with me every single morning at 5am Monday through Friday. I kicked their rear and I gave them nutrition and they were losing massive weight and having these incredible results. And that program alone made me over a million dollars in my business. That's and awesome. it went on for a lot of years. Um, but that, that program uh, built my business. And, and I started, you know, as I, I started with just fitness classes and with that, and then I continued to grow and, and kept bootstrapping until I, I, my last uh, my big club that I sold was 16,000 square feet in a, you know, in a small town and it had everything. It had an indoor track. It had spa, sauna, um, childcare, smoothie bar. It kind of had everything. I bootstrapped all that. I did all my businesses with almost no debt, almost no debt. So That's awesome. yeah. Um, the, the only time we did any debt was when we, uh, did some build out from that big club because it was a big warehouse. When I went in, it was just a huge warehouse. So we had to build bathrooms and showers and smoothie bar and all that kind of thing. Uh, that Usually was the expensive. only debt. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and that was the only thing that we ever spent the money on, uh, you know, for debt. 
outside of that, everything I, I reinvested back into my business as I made money. And, but I was very innovative, I have to say, and I've always been this way. So I know your show is about confidence. Um, I built that confidence up through the years because I wasn't afraid to try things. I always looked to be, how can I be cutting edge? How can I be ahead of everyone else? Well, in the meantime, of course, other clubs opened, competitors opened, um, you know, that we had a YMCA and it was a small town and we were basically all sharing a small pool of people, but mm -hmm. my business did extremely well. Um, so that was, that was my first kind of brick and mortar, bigger business that I started. Um, am I talking too much? <laughs> no, you're no, absolutely not. This is the kind of thing that people need to hear. And it's the thing that uh, people like yourself who are, who have built something and become successful, you already alluded to this. You don't talk about it very much because it's your normal and it's mm -hmm. not normal <laughs> for the vast majority of people. Uh, and usually the people in this chair beside me, or in your case on the screen, have forgotten all the things, well, not forgotten, but kind of just put in the background, the things that really set them apart. <laughs> it's like what, the overnight success, right? <laughs> that yeah, took only years. took 10 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in my case, you know, 29 or 30, I think. But um, so, so I know, um, you know, another thing that kind of happened with that health club and the reason I opened a weight loss center, and th this will be really good for your listeners because this will show that you really, you have to have no fear in business. You absolutely mm -hmm. have to have no fear. Um, so we, we were at a place where the business was doing phenomenal and we had invested with the build out, with the six year lease that I had to sign on that big warehouse, with all of that, we had to personally put everything that we owned on the line to get the loan and to be able to do all of that. So we had everything that we had built up and worked for on the line, our property, our home, everything. Um, and so right after I opened that business and it, I shouldn't say right after, but it was going very, very well. Uh, maybe a year in, we had a right before the, the recession in 2008 was when we expanded that business. And the recession hit, like literally almost overnight, if you remember all that, the housing oh, yes. bubble bursting, <laughs> and oh my gosh, it was crazy. So we had just invested and put everything that we owned on the line. And on top of it, we had a low price competitor come in um, that at that time, you didn't hear about $19 gems. Like my, my place was 40 something dollars at that point. And then my programs, mm -hmm. you know, were running over a hundred dollars to do my programs and things like that. And then we had personal training. I mean, we had a lot of things going on, but the business was doing really, really well. And then the recession hit, then a low price competitor came in with a $19 membership. Well, a lot of people were losing their jobs and we were in a small town with a lot of blue collar workers. And um, they all of a sudden became very price conscious and we started losing and, and not only that the competitor completely knocked off my place like almost everything i had they had uh sure. you know and so all of a sudden i have this competition and i have the the um the recession going on and i wasn't sure what to do how i was going to overcome this but i knew i had to be different i had knew i had to do something different than what they were doing 
So I found a weight loss, um, an actual weight loss company, like a license. It was like a franchise. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I bought into that. I went bigger. I actually right. invested more money at a time when things were tough. And I brought in that program, which had its own staff. It, it was literally a separate business. Now, they both fed each other. One fed the other. Sure. But they were completely separate businesses. The systems were different. The Everything was different. So brought that weight loss program in. And, uh, that saved us. Like all of a sudden my memberships went from, you know, I had to lower them to compete because that's all I knew to do at the time, which is what mm -hmm. I see a lot of people do in business. So I was lowering my memberships to try to compete. And then I was just watching my income, my income and my revenue just drop. And we really thought we were going to end up in bankruptcy. We really did. But I found that program and again, seeking and looking and saying, I'm not going to lay down and take this. I'm not, you know, we've got too much to lose. Yep. And when I brought that program in, we were actually able to triple the dues that we were getting from members. And we were bringing in a whole nother group of people that didn't even want a gym. So when I, when I did that, um, er, that saved us. Everything did great. It all, we, we were kind of thriving, but, but I was like, you know, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket anymore and just be in this one town. Um, I think I'll open some more locations, you know, an hour away and I'll sort of duplicate this in a way and, and open, you know, two more businesses. And that's what I did. So I was running four businesses and we invested again, but I was able to get some great things because we were in the recession. A lot of businesses were closing down. So I was able to negotiate great rent, get some free advertising, negotiate the build out. Um, so things that you can't do in a good economy. So that was, that was the upside of expanding, but we knew if we expanded and went bigger that when we came out of that recession, we would be in a better place and we'd have four businesses that I could sell eventually instead of, you know, just the two. And that was going to be our retirement. That was sort of our, our mindset. <laughs> that was the so, plan, huh? <laughs> yeah. But how I fell into coaching, this is a long-winded answer, so stop me anytime. If I'm well, let, let's do this. Much. Before we segue into this, let's take a short break. So uh, Bad Brad Newfeld here, my, my host, who I forgot to announce at the beginning, sorry, Brad, uh, can do some of that voodoo that he do and talk to our uh, station sponsors, that kind of thing. So we'll take a couple-minute break, and we'll be right back with author and business coach Ann Carden. So well, we're still recording him, but we're, we're still recording, but it'll be edited out. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's we fine. We can say whatever we want now. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, let me, and uh, could you uh, reduce the volume on your end there on your speaker? Can you put it down yes. just a little bit? Yes. Because uh, every now and then I'll get a, I'll hear Brett talking in the background there. So. Okay. Uh, that how's that? Go ahead. Testing, testing. Does that testing. sound better? Much better. Much better. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. So yeah, and see, this is no, this is beautiful this stuff. Is a you're great story, teaching, right? Exactly, it's a great story. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And I, you know, the, I'll, when whenever I sit and I'm talking with people, it just makes me wonder how many people that you've talked to that know you that have gone through your programs, etc., have never heard this story. 
<laughs> Probably yeah. most of them. <laughs> so it's it's these things that set us apart that make us unique that really everybody needs to hear, mm -hmm. right? And so yeah. um, it's it's always fun to do this kind of stuff and to hear how you did it with no internet, right? No, the, so many of the resources that we take for granted now are mm -hmm. not here. That that you know, I think people make way too many excuses about things right we don't usually need more resources we need mm -hmm. more resourcefulness and right. you yes. just proved that resourcefulness was the key for you um because you didn't there was a point there where you had no resources <laughs> you had nothing really no to i mean about. i had to you know you were going to get a book you had to go to the library or you had to buy you know you had to go you had to find a magazine or something to buy it from so yes magazines and print that was our you know, that was our, our source of learning what we needed to learn or doing what we needed to do. So, absolutely. Yeah. you know, so it's phenomenal. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I kind of forget about these things until I am, but even, even with talking to you, I think I've gone into a little bit more depth than I usually go into. I usually kind of give the high level, you know, this is what I did. Um, but so, yeah, that, so if I'm talking too much, let me know. No, this is, it's the details that matter. I think it's the details that matter when people right. and your, and your level of passion. And you, you can tell by watching it that it's, that you enjoy talking about it. It's not like it's causing you a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's great. As long as you don't mind talking about Anybody it. Anybody wants to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a perfect example for people. So I don't know. Seems like somebody trying to get a hold of me Very it, it was me it's all was it you yeah it was me. no just kidding <laughs> so anyway so we'll jump back in and we'll kind of talk about how you transitioned from the uh brick and mortar businesses into business coaching and and being an author and because i'm sure when you originally were starting out being an author probably didn't cross your mind either did it no not at all <laughs> So, Brad, whenever you give us the finger, I'll be jumping back in. Give us the finger. Go. <laughs> All right. And we are back with Ann Carden, business coach and author uh, and really mentor for about 40 different industries over time. And she's been sharing her experience uh, going into some depth and really proving one of our foundational concepts that you really need to be more resourceful you rarely need more resources and so and thanks for again thanks for being here good to have you of back course. here after the break now before the break you were about to tell us uh how you transitioned from your brick and mortar businesses that you bootstrapped and and brought from really having nothing uh and how you transitioned into business coaching so let's pick it up from there Sure. Well, it's probably not the uh, sexy story you want to hear, but I'm going to give you the juice. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> um, it's, it's been sexy so far. I like it. So. <laughs> uh, so, so the last two businesses that I opened, which were the expansion that I talked about. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm running four at one time. I couldn't get those two businesses past break even. They were bare, They were just paying the bills. That was it. I had a staff and I had uh, you know, I had the rent and I had all, everything going on and it, it was just breaking even it was, And so I'm exhausted going between all four of these businesses, trying to keep them all going and managing everything. And mm -hmm. 
something had to give. I was doing it for a year and I, I'm just like, why do I want to keep, you know, exhausting myself in this business that I'm not making any money with? Like it's just paying the bills. So the weight loss company that I had bought into because I'd opened a second location, she offered some coaching. And I didn't even know about coaching or what coaching could do. Now, I had gone to some business workshops and things like that with my gym, um, but nobody pitched coaching or anything. So I didn't even really know what it could do. And mm -hmm. when I hired her, I, I literally cried because I had maxed out my credit card, my business credit card, trying to get that business going with marketing. So everything I was spending money on was, you know, marketing and I was getting the wrong people through the door. We weren't getting the clients that we wanted. And it was more of a training center, uh, more mm -hmm. of a personal training center, boot camp style place. And then sure. we have the weight loss business. Um, and so I hired her as a coach and in 30 days, she set me straight showed me everything I was doing wrong, why the business wasn't taking off the way I wanted it to, completely turned everything upside down. And that business became very, very successful. It was doing as much as my other big club. Um, awesome. And when she did that, I never really, it, this is the funny part, I never liked the business side of anything I was doing. You know, I love training clients and I love teaching fitness classes and I loved having my place and all that, but I never liked the business stuff. I didn't like the marketing. I didn't like the sales process. I didn't like any of the business stuff. And I used to tell people, I love what I do, but I hate business. I hate the business stuff. Um, and because I didn't clearly didn't really know what I was doing. I mean, I, I muddled through and I mm -hmm. did the best sure. I could but I didn't really know what I was doing until I worked with this coach and she opened my eyes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I became hungry for business. I, when I saw I had control over everything, that was, that was the biggest aha moment in all those years I'd been building businesses is you have control. <laughs> oh, really? So I, um, started kind of becoming a student of, of business and marketing and sales and anything and everything. So I had that hour drive back and forth. I had CDs in my car. I was learning. I was investing in training programs and business programs. And I tell people in about two years of doing that on top of all of my experience, I probably got a, you know, I probably got a college degree in business. Sure. I mean, any time I could have anything in, right? So at this time we did have computers. We were starting to get on the internet, all of that. And I was doing a lot of networking for my fitness businesses. And I was, you know, in front of all these business owners and I had relationships with them. And then I found that they were asking me questions about business and how I did this and how I did that. And I was like, wow, I know some, I've learned some stuff here right. that <laughs> other people don't know. Yep. And I thought, I think there's an opportunity here to maybe become a coach. So at the time that I started my coaching business, I was doing it very part-time for probably the first year, uh, working with business owners, helping them and still running my fitness clubs. And by then I had already sold the two, my original two, and I still had the two newer ones, uh, the two newer businesses. 
and I was coaching and it was enough that I would, I was kind of bored in those businesses sure. uh, because I got things to where they were systematized and everything was running and I had a team and I had a staff and it was all doing really well. And I was just bored and I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I saw coaching as my new opportunity and that's how I started. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was 10 years ago. Yeah, it sounds like the same as me. In B&I, it was everybody's asking you questions and how do you do it and how have you done it for so long? And it's just uh-huh. like lay it out. It's like, well, maybe I should just start helping people permanently. <laughs> and, and making money doing it, right? And have it your, yeah. whole, nother, your whole new business. So uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people get into coaching that way. In fact, I help people do that with their expertise and their knowledge to create their coaching business. So... Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, tell me what you see in our, you know, our business landscape prior to COVID, right? And now we're kind of in COVID and what's going on with people's mentality, the people that you've worked with prior and what you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about mental state and how it's affected them and what mm-hmm. you're doing to keep people on track, your current clients and your, and your Facebook group, your, your uh, uh, mastermind group, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So kind of give us your assessment. You know, I think uh, I I was putting out a lot of videos when all this thing started, and I said, you know, this too shall pass. And I always I always believe that, right? And I always believe there are solutions for everything. So where you have to pivot, if you can't pivot or shift in life and business, mm-hmm. you're always going to be a victim, always. Mm-hmm. And I am not someone that wants to ever be a victim. I want to be able to have you know, control. I mean, you have control over your mind, you have control over your actions. And so the one thing that I was seeing is I I work with a lot of business coaches and a lot of them were actually doing everything very local. So they were, you know, they were going to their clients' businesses and they were doing a lot of things very old school um, they thinking they had to be in their clients' businesses. Well, I, I started my business that way. I started my business with local clients and going to them. And I, I quickly realized this is not the lifestyle I want. Like I just sold all my brick and mortar businesses so I could coach, but I don't want to be tied down. And so I, I started looking for people who could train me to come online and start doing things online, which also gave me a bigger pool of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the first thing is helping people pivot and shift if they're not online, if they're not, um, a lot of people don't know how to get clients online. They're struggling, you know, to do that, but there is almost nothing these days that cannot be done with computers and the internet. And we're, there's never been a better time in history to, to be in business, to have a side hustle, to, make, you know, to do whatever you want to do to build the financial freedom that you Mm -hmm. want. Um, I mean, even if you just look at even supplement companies and things like that, now MLMs, they're they're online, right? They don't have to run around anymore and try to beat up (laughs) their family and friends right? (laughs) to buy their stuff. It, It has opened up an incredible opportunity for people that, I almost just think there's no excuse anymore to not, you know, to not uh, get what you want in, in life and business and a job and anything. I, I just almost think there's no excuse. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I agree with you hundred percent. What kind of businesses do you uh, find yourself helping most? What, or what type of business do you find yourself helping most uh, these days? Well, or, I, or you would think by your story, it'd be fitness and, and that kind of stuff, but I don't think that's the case at all. Right? No, actually I stay away from those. <laughs> Not that I haven't helped them. I don't mean that, but, but you know, I really, um, I don't know, you know, I found myself, so from a small business, so I have two sides to my business. Mm -hmm. I work with coaches and consultants to help them grow, either package up their expertise and their knowledge to, to launch a business, right. a coaching business, or I work with them to scale their coaching business. So a lot of people, and I kind of fell into that niche because coaches were coming to me. How are you, how are you so successful being a coach? And I found myself coaching them. And so I, I kind of have that side of my business, which is really what my book is all about my last book and what it's all for. But for years I've worked with small business owners and I kind of fell into the trades niche. Um, you know, I worked with a roofing company and I had great success with them. And then they recommended me to another contractor. And so I found myself in the trade space and you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book that I did about expert in you is because we have the opportunity to actually almost become an expert in anything we want. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I had never run a contracting business. I have never run a plumbing company or an HVAC company, or I, I can hammer a nail. That's about it. Um, but I found that I could help these guys in their business, you know, uh -huh. be really successful and um, help them get systems in place and help them really, you know, build their business so that it can run without them. And I, I worked with the, I'm thinking about a roofing guy that I worked with and he, his business had just exploded and he, it really outgrew him like super fast. And, sure. and he, um, all of a sudden he's making millions of dollars, but everything's falling apart with this business. Uh, you know, customers weren't being serviced. His team was a mess. I mean, just everything was falling apart. He was working a hundred hours a week, hadn't had a vacation, didn't do anything anymore in his life. His marriage was struggling. Just everything that goes along with being overworked, overwhelmed right. and underpaid. <laughs> and he was underpaid on top of it. Um, and so I, I started working with him and, you know, in a very short amount of time, he's, he got his life back. He started golfing. He was able to go on mission trips again. He, you know, we systematized his business and put things in place that he needed. And in a very short amount of time, his business was running without him and it was still growing and it was still succeeding. And then from there I got recommendations. And so I fell into the the, the trades and I actually went and spoke at their associations. I, I wrote an ebook for that, for trades and for contractors. I started running seminars for contractors. And so I uh, worked with in those spaces, but I worked with multiple other types of businesses too. I mean, there's almost no business that I haven't worked with tech space. Um, but business is business. And this is the thing people don't understand. Right. The, the fundamentals and operations of business are the same. There might be some slight changes, but um, they're, they're still the same thing. So then I kind of fell into working with, with plumbing companies and H well, I haven't worked much with HVAC, but I have a partner that has, and I decided just recently, actually, you know, this Brett, mm -hmm. I'm launching a brand new company for specifically for plumbing and HVAC. And I built a team 
And our company is going to be designed so that anything and everything they need to be successful in their business, we can provide for them. So whether it's systems, whether it's software, whether it's hiring, whether it's loans, credit, uh, coaching, we have, I have a team in place, marketing, sales help, I have a team in place where I have multiple people that are gonna work with me and mm -hmm. we can give them anything and everything they need to build their business to levels they've only dreamed of and then even build it to sell. I, well, I'm all about that, build your business to sell. Absolutely. So let's give your new business a shameless plug here. I mean, so <laughs> what's the name of the new company? What, what's your official launch? You've, I know you've been working on is Are you officially launched or? Well, I officially have my lead generation team. I had my very first call with a business owner yesterday. Congratulations. Yes. So uh, we, at, I hired a, a lead generation team that's going to be working with me. And so they just got started this week. So yes, this week it actually launched. Um, but it's called the Plumbing and HVAC Business Success Team. So it's plumbinghvacbusinesssuccessteam.com is our website. And we also have a Facebook page. Uh, and we're just now getting that up and going. But I, I love working in that space. My partner's done a lot of work in, uh, and I say my partner, he actually works for me. Um, but he's sort of an expert in the HVAC space. And, mm -hmm. and I, I have worked with multiple plumbing companies and had incredible success. Um, so that's that side, of the, that side of the business. And are you still working with other clients in other fields at the moment? Or are you kind of directing all your energy here now? No, I, I do still work with other clients. I have several. I work with attorneys. I work with, uh, I have a client who has a interior design company. Um, I work with multi, I, I won't turn away a business um, that wants to work with me if they're in the right place for me to, to right. work with them. So they have to be at a certain revenue level and, or have the financial means you know, to be able to work with me. But I always make, a, I always say, oh my gosh, you're going to pay me pennies for what you make back. I mean, it's sure. just crazy stuff. So. Absolutely. No, that's outstanding. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come up, come back and we'll finish our interview with bestselling author and business coach, Ann Carden. Okay. <laughs> so Ann, um, the last little bit here, well, anything that you want to make sure we talk about? I mean, yeah, this is where you really do your sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already kind of gave us website and stuff, but I'm going to have you do that again. Your email mm -hmm. address, any way that you want to drive people into your world. Okay. Fine with me. Okay. Um, uh, parting comments. Uh, I usually ask for a favorite quote, something okay. along those lines. So, We'll, we'll do that. And Brad, because we're, we're about at our hour, aren't we? After edits and stuff. Probably getting uh, No, yeah, we, we've got, because we didn't start until. Yeah, you got about six, uh, 12, 13 minutes. <laughs> That'll so, go pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> That'll go pretty quick. Um, yeah, how people can, you know, I've been on your site, but how people can find you to speak, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that will we'll come up to. And, I'll probably uh, give you just my basic coaching site, which it, to me, it's kind of my catch-all site. 
Okay. I have different sites for different things, but that's sure, of course, that's yeah. sort of my catch-all site. So I'll you give bet. you that one. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think we'll. Also, do you have a so favorite quote? Mm -hmm. uh, recommended readings besides your own, because you're going to plug those anyway. Mm -hmm. Any any recommended or favorite books? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I have to think about this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of pitch probably some authors more than an actual book. Sure, so, no, no yeah. problem. Uh, I think it helps people who listen to this mm -hmm. find you have a little more insight, right? They feel a little more connected, like, oh, mm -hmm. um, whenever they kind of know what the kind of things that you're into helps you build that audience. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. cool. All right, Brad, can you give us the finger and we'll get ready to roll. <laughs> I'm going to give you, I'll give you the pen this time. The pen. <laughs> Go. <laughs> and we're back with international best-selling author, business coach and mentor, Ann Carden. And uh, we've been having some great discussion here on, on your journey, the transitions you've had through business which have been substantial, that, that story on creating your first dolls and how you made that go international well before internet and that kind of thing is truly inspiring. So anybody who tunes into this late or skipped over that part, please go back to the beginning. Uh, and is living proof that you rarely need more resources. You just simply need to be more resourceful. So to turn in, to turn a zero generation business from your literally from your living room to six figures internet and moving international is outstanding and then your other accomplishments as well so thank you uh, yeah some great stuff uh, you really personify what it means to be limitless right and so uh, i think that's great and let's talk a little bit a few things here as we wrap up uh, everybody i interview everybody always seems to have a favorite quote or two right? That's something that just stands out in their mind. What's yours? You know, I have this in one of my books, but Jim Rohn is someone that I have just, I think Jim Rohn was probably one of the first people to open up my mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And he was recommended by my coach, my first coach. And I just love everything about him. But I think the most, one of the most profound quotes he ever uh, gave was you are where you choose to be. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I just love that because we have, we, I really believe that there's just so much truth to that. Um, again, it goes back to, you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances. You can create your <laughs> whatever. Your reality. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, obviously we're going to talk a little bit more about your books in a minute and your website and stuff, but what are some other recommended readings or authors maybe some podcasts, some things that you mm -hmm. like to listen to or that you could you could uh, share with others. It might give them some additional sure. wisdom. I think one of the first books that was just such a, I even, I recommend this to people a lot. And I think most people have probably read it, but if they haven't, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. uh, that, was, that book was such an eye opener to me, especially if you have a lot of solopreneurs that are listening to this podcast or people that work for themselves. Uh, his cash flow quadrant, I just did a video on this a couple weeks ago. 
is, is a real eye opener. Like I do invest in businesses and I'm always looking to buy businesses even uh, that I can invest in. And, and so that whole, that whole quadrant that he gives is powerful. Um, So that's one of my favorite, but anything by Dan Kennedy, I, I highly recommend. I mean, if you're going to be, especially if you're going to be in any kind of business, marketing is (laughs) the cornerstone, right? (laughs) Um, And so anything by Dan Kennedy, Jay Abraham, I love anything from them. I think if you're looking for more mindset, uh, if you're looking for more, you know, personal development, obviously Tony Robbins is a given Mm -hmm. um, for helping people shift, you know, the way they think and get into different ways of thinking. But I, I think those are my favorite and I have multiple books from them. But then I also love like John C. Maxwell Sure. Um, I listen to, you know, I, I do a lot of audio books. So I'm a, I do more of that than I do reading these days just because it's yeah. time saver yeah, me too. and I can do it, you know, when, with whatever I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say those are, those are some of my favorites, but for sure, if people have not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they have to read that. I mean, I can't even tell how many times I've gone through that book and obviously Napoleon Hill, uh, think and grow rich is yep. a classic, you know, those are good, but sounds like our bookcase is loaded with the same thing. Or our audible accounts. Loaded yeah. With all the same books. <laughs> like several bookcases. Yes. Yep. And you know, the funny thing is I'll, I'll get the Kindle version so I can get it right away. Like if I'm going to order a book or I get the audio, sometimes I'll have all three right. because I'm like, Oh, I want this book on my bookshelf. So then I'll go back and order. So sometimes I, they get triple the money from me. <laughs> When yeah. I like a book, <laughs> I think uh, I think I am very much the same. So, uh, how about podcasts? Any podcasts you listen to? Um, or do you gosh, have a po- you don't have a you podcast. know it's it's kind of bad, but I I'm not a huge podcast. Like I listen to more audio books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll tune in uh, here and there. Like I love Allison Maslin. She's, you know, I'll listen to her podcast, uh, Scale or Fail. And, and again, it's very business related. So I'm always trying to learn from people mm-hmm. who I feel like are even pros beyond me. Uh, mm-hmm. Grant Cardone, I'll listen to his podcast. Um, let me think who else. There's some industry specific podcasts that I'll listen to just to learn from them. Sure. Uh, but I, I just love, I really am more of an audio book person than I am. So I'll tune into podcasts. Is there any, there's probably only one or two that I really follow, you know, um, but they're more industry specific and they're just more for me to build my skills and knowledge as a coach in that industry. So probably not something maybe your listeners would be interested in, but. Sure. Well, as we kind of wind down here, Let's hit this one more time because we talked about it a little bit earlier, but how can people come into your world? How can they find more Ann Carden? Yes, I'm, I'm, I obviously am on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Those are the best places to find me. I don't do a whole lot with Instagram. I do have a YouTube account, so you, they can go watch multiple, multiple videos on YouTube. Um, but you can go to my website, AnnCardenCoaching.com. That is my primary website. I have others for different things, but that's my primary website. And I have a lot of free resources on there. They can get to me from, you know, they can get to my YouTube channel from there. They can like me on Facebook from there. So that would probably be, they can book me for speaking. Uh, that would be the, the website that, you know, I would recommend for people to go sure. to. Excellent. 
Um, well, Anne, I want to say thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank and you. Thank you for going deep into some of the psychology and into the habits that you created and some of the things that you did that just show resilience, show mastery, mastering your craft, obviously, you know, the overnight success after 20 years, <laughs> 10 years, maybe. And uh, just showing people how to be limitless, how to go from really nothing and not even being able to buy shoes to six figures with no internet to multiple seven figure businesses. Uh, that's an outstanding, outstanding accomplishment, outstanding result, uh, results, ex outstanding example for others. So you're definitely someone that we consider to be limitless. So thank you very thank much you. for being on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I hope this inspires someone today. <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> so that's it for today. As always, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email me at brett at brettlechtenberg.com uh, or reach out to me on Facebook. Those are the two fastest, easiest ways to reach me. If you have a guest that you would like to, us to reach out to and attempt to get on the podcast, we'll be glad to do that. Uh, and uh, until next time, have a limitless day. Boom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Recording off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that was awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you inspired me. I you kept giving me ideas, so I've been on my phone most of the time looking up stuff. To <laughs> so I don't normally I don't normally do that, but cool, it's like, oh my gosh! Cool. I'm like, I wanted to look up stuff on Google, but then I didn't want to take the screen down, you know. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Anything so, in particular? Well, it, uh, it, Brett knows I'm the same way that uh, well that person that you were talking about with the uh, I love working with people, but I hate running a business. That's <laughs> that's me. And yeah. so I was just thinking uh, some of these ideas that you were coming up with, I'm thinking, you know, what can I do to get my message out there? Mm -hmm. And so I was just looking up all kinds of, anyway, <laughs> just varying things to, cause I, you know, it, some people have a, a, the, the talent that you have to take an idea and make something out of it where I come up with the ideas, but then don't know where to go. Oh, okay. So that's okay. me. Hey, I know a good coach for that. <laughs> yep, I know. That's why I'm going, okay, I like this. <laughs> so, and, and, and uh, I would recommend you and Brad stay in contact. Brad yep, has a I've number of your... podcasters that he works with, helps, and yep. he and I are working on a project to uh, help more and more podcasters uh, and get them, get their shows up and running and out properly and, and that kind of thing. So Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a whole program, Brad, that you help people yes. do podcasts yes. and all that? Yes, and, cool. and the, uh, okay. the, it's, it's very intense because most times if you, if you just look at uh, people starting podcasts, they just say, all right, get the equipment and then just start your podcast. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, you want one that people want to listen to. Yeah. And that's what's not taught out there. I mean, there's some things that I see, but I go, because uh, I've got uh, seven or five and a half years of uh, live radio experience too, mm -hmm. uh, to go along with the, the podcasting side. And so I've had to learn over the years how to get people to want to come back and keep listening. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, I teach that very in depth. And so I do podcast coaching. It's, it's very intense. Uh, but to help people to understand, you've got to say things a certain way. You've got to set up your podcast a certain way to get people to listen to it consistently. Mm -hmm. and so, oh, so how would you write me today? You know, 
<laughs> oh, great. Oh, super. I mean, I've, I've taught Brett well. And it's, he... <laughs> all, it's, all, it's all in the interview questions. It's all in the interview <laughs> questions on how you bring it out. Because, like, this is a technique that I developed. I mean, I grew an audience without, before the, uh, well, the internet was there, obviously, but before social media, I built an audience of 300,000 people on, on an internet radio station. Wow. Uh, but the station, the station I was with ended up going out of business. And so it was like, oh, audience gone. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. okay, that was, that was fun while it lasted. And that it was, it was very, uh, but anyway, uh, the technique that I, that I found is when you're talking to somebody, help them to be, or help them to talk a little bit about themselves at first. And that's what mm -hmm. Brett did is to, because that's what uh, hooks the audience. They start to hear your story and, and your mindset that uh, you had prior to just say, oh, I think this is what I want to do because mm -hmm. people will stop and go, oh, my gosh, that's me. That's me. And that hooks them. And then they want to listen to the rest of the interview. And so mm -hmm. you do that within the first three to five minutes of the podcast. And most of the time, people want to get right to their sales pitch right off the bat. You lose people mm -hmm. in that case. So Yeah, I always wonder, you know too. I always think, gosh, does anybody really care about this? You know, yeah. about my story. Yeah. Oh, sure um, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, Cause for, for a year of just getting on there and doing a sales pitch and, and all that, I got nothing. I got no response from anybody. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I, I ran into a, a gentleman while I, uh, I'm actually going to have him on my show here in the next couple of weeks. It's uh, it's been a while, but a gentleman, Andy LaRusso, the singing chef, you can look him up. He's world, world renowned. And, and he, uh, I met him at a book writers convention and he, uh, and, uh, he was just, Hey, I want to get to know you. And I started telling him about my, my, uh, 10 year old son at the time that wanted to be a, a chef and that he would make all these things at home and want me to uh, sample them and things like that. And, and he says, Oh, so what else do you do? Well, I work with at risk youth and I, I do have a radio show that I do. He goes, Oh, you do. I says, yeah, I was just really honest with him. Andy, I don't have an audience, you know, <laughs> I don't, there was no advertising for the station. There was nothing I had to advertise my own show and all that. And he goes, well, maybe I could do something about that. And so, uh, I did an interview with him and then he posted the interview on his website. And next thing I know, I had 300 consistent listeners. It was like, wow, oh, wow, lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, that's what I started doing was going after book authors. And that's what grew the audience was doing that same thing, interviewing them, putting it, uh, putting that mm -hmm. interview on, on their website. And then it just mm -hmm. took off from there. Very um, cool. That's yeah. amazing. Good and for so, you. Uh, uh, anyway, so I just took that knowledge of, okay, what am I doing here? That's attracting people and wanting them to know more. And mm -hmm. then it was, it, it was a matter of just a short period of time. I had book authors from all over the world sending me their books. I was literally getting 15 to 17 books a week mailed to me. Hey, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> and so I'll be recreating that same thing here. I just wanted to get uh, the thing that's different here is instead of me just doing my own solo show, I, I wanted to get a station together of people mm -hmm. who uh, want to make a difference in the world. And that's what our Resilience Talk Network, mm -hmm. that's the name of our station, uh, that anyway, Brett's one of those. He's one of our our leading uh, podcasters here, and so he's pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, he is. Yes, he is. And so we're, <laughs> and so that's what we're doing is just gathering the you know the best of the best to promote this network and and stuff, and it's uh, it's paying off. It's starting to take off now. So so now I'll start that's doing fantastic. a lot more of my shows. So mm -hmm. it's so funny. I'm looking and I'm going, oh right, we've got over 300 or 460 podcasts so far that have been done. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, but how many has Brad done? 
six. (laughs) (laughs) I got to start getting busy on my own. (laughs) Well, I was taught a a podcast system, eight minutes, you know, where you do eight minutes and you do it as a lead generation system. But I've struggled with it. I tried it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I really struggled with it because it felt very inauthentic to me. I'm a talker Mm -hmm. and I am a relationship person and, to put somebody on there and ask them three questions and then be done. I just, I just yeah. I couldn't yeah, do it. So. I've, I've actually had four other people approach me with that. And I've, um, I, I just don't, it's, it's exactly, I actually, you said it better than I could have. It just doesn't feel right. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. let me get on there, ask you the eight questions. I've got a guy that's, uh, eight questions in nine minutes. And I'm like, yeah, you, that's, what that a- was what I was taught. It was eight minutes yeah. with brilliant business owners, but you can't yeah. get to their brilliance in eight no. minutes. In my opinion. No. Um, and, and so they were wondering why they're not getting hits on there. And I, and we played around with several different things on LinkedIn and told them, all right, why don't you post them here and see, and, and put a different title on them. People would click on them, but they'd be on there. They wouldn't even make it the full nine minutes. I mean, they, they're on there on average a minute and a half and just couldn't get yeah. people to stick. And but so, it's a but, lot of work. But if you to start, if you start out with the, you know, hey, I'm somebody who I wanted to do this business, but man, everything in the world was standing in my way, and I didn't know what to do, and and I just persisted. But you just add that little tag on the beginning there, and people go, oh, I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, very yeah. cool. Well, Brad, we'll have to talk more. Well. Yeah, Ann. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'd love to connect and okay. talk. More. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah, let's Guys, do it. thank you so All much. Right, thank you, I Ann. appreciate it. Brad, thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks, Ann. We appreciate yep. you. We'll uh, most likely talk to you tomorrow during our mastermind. Yeah, session. I'm not sure if I'm going to be on tomorrow. I'm traveling, so it depends on how my try. if I, you know, so I'll, I'll see. But I might have to be on by phone. I, I'm not sure yet. But Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of iffy as well. <laughs> okay. So, All right. Anyway, well, you, have a, you guys have a great day. Thank Take you. Take care. All, All right. right. See ya. See Bye-bye. Ya. Bye-bye.